I need to change my Olympic experience in a positive way, <laughs> this is probably the main pusher for me. Olympic Channel Podcast. That was two-time European champion and world silver medalist long jumper Daria Klishina from Russia. Daria was the only Russian athlete at Rio 2016 who competed in track and field. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the Olympic Channel Podcast. Olympic Channel Podcast. After a promising youth career, Daria narrowly missed out on a place at London 2012. She qualified for the Olympics in Rio, but the athletics governing body, the IAAF, banned athletes from Russia from competing. That was after a systematic doping scheme was uncovered. Klishina, training in the US, disputed that she was a clean athlete being punished without reason. Then came a knock on the door in the middle of the night. She could compete. She calls herself the one-woman Russian athletics team, and indeed she is the only one competing. Daria sat down with Andrew Binner, ahead of the World Championships in Doha, to ask about her stressful 2016, how she's coped since, and why she needed a break from the sport altogether. Olympic Channel Podcast. Daria, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Tell us why they allowed you to compete and just how much of a stressful period that was for you. Yeah, it was really <laughs> stressful and a tough time for me um, because uh, we used to fly to Rio in, um, in a week, probably in a five, four days. And uh, um, yeah, I got a letter that I can't compete as well, uh, like everybody. Yeah, and I was flying to Rio with my lawyer already, with, with my coach, um, because they told us that we will have a, a court process in Rio, uh, yeah, inside of the Olympic Village. Uh, yeah, and, it's, and they're gonna make a decision like in the next 24 hours, this is ruled during the Olympic Games because you have no time to wait for it. And yeah, the court process was about four hours, supposed to be two, but it was longer than I expected. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I was I was there with my coach and my lawyer. Um, yeah, and then uh, uh, on the same day, um, the judge they called the lawyer and they asked to wait for some hours because they were fighting about the decision. Um, yeah, and then I remember that it was like 4.30 or 5 a.m. in the morning. My coach knocked on my door and uh, he said, you're going <laughs> to gonna be mad at me, but we won the process. Yeah, and it was like one day before the qualification round. Um, of course, I was happy, but I was just empty, empty uh, inside. Um, and I was actually surprised that I passed the qualification round. Uh, I was in a really good shape, but if you're mentally not ready, um, yeah, it just no matter what, but you just can't um, do a good job. And you said your your coach said you're going to be mad at me. Is that because you were kind of almost you thought you weren't going to compete, so you were just like that's going to be that, and it was almost bad news that you were going to compete? Mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not about this because I'm a. Um, I like to sleep, so <laughs> only because of this, because it was really early, yeah, but the judges, they made a decision like during the night, yeah, and he wanted to let me know that we won just as soon as possible. And I guess the whole, what people I don't think will really appreciate, but it's the whole week going up to that, you can't have been sleeping well, you can't have been training that well or eating that well. Yeah, this is true. Um, I remember um, I was coming to the training um, stadium 
just for practice and uh, I just couldn't be focused uh, because yeah I was thinking about different stuff not about my training um, I, I was just not ready for this kind of stuff right before my main competition in my life um, yeah because I didn't expect that my first Olympic experience going to be like this <laughs> but you must have felt very alone as the only person that was allowed to do this yeah this is true um, I had a support of course from the other Russians uh, that were competing in Rio but still it's a just a regular situation now uh, when we're usually traveling with the Russian team Russian team one of the biggest uh, like USA team yeah um, yeah, of course, it was just lots of pressure, too much for me at that time. <laughs> Maybe if I, if I could prepare myself before, but I wasn't expected. So what did you do? Did you try and shut yourself off from any communication from people and just suddenly say, right, I'm here, I'm going to compete? Or did you have messages from support from fellow athletes or things like that? Actually, it was 50-50 uh, because it was lots of very bad messages uh, and someone was good. I was trying to stay um, away from all social media stuff, but of course I knew what's going on, uh, even if I don't look. Yeah, some people, oh, you know what? <laughs> and, and they were trying to tell me some stories, uh, what they uh, read in the news or something. Um, yeah, so it was really difficult to uh, just stay away from all of this stuff. I think the most the horrible thing someone said, someone called you a traitor before con continuing to compete when Russia had been, the rest of the Russian athletes had been banned. But in your mind, it obviously has nothing to do with that because people know you're Russian and you as an athlete, you want to just go to the Olympics. So how did that make you feel? Did you feel anger towards these people that were being nasty to you that were from your own country? No, yeah, probably at the beginning a little bit. I was just upset that people thinking like this uh, because this is, um, I think this is the people who probably were never involved in sport, in professional sport, because as, as you know, the um, sport life is really short and we have to use any opportunity to compete to show the result. Maybe this year um, I'm in a great shape and next year something happened, I injured or something, um, other stuff going on and uh, yeah, just I didn't want to miss this opportunity uh, because I had this, but I had a big support from all Russian athletes actually uh, because I have a friends uh, and uh, they all told me go, just go and compete. Yeah, just don't think, don't read, uh, uh, yeah, because lots of people and lots of different opinions. Um, so all in all, it's kind of astonishing that you did get through to the final. I think it was a ninth place finish, but given everything that happened, were you in a weird way slightly pleased that you managed to do that, given how bad your run-up had been? Um, yeah, of course, I was, um, because I knew I was ready to jump much further than I did in Olympic Games uh, and ninth place, this is not my <laughs> dream place in Olympics, uh, but just now or no, like a couple years after Olympic Games, uh, I realized that this experience just made me so much stronger, mentally especially, and this is really important uh, when you come to World Championships or European Championships, something big official competition, um, and I can be only focus on my jumps. I'm not nervous so much, yeah, because there was like so much stress and compared with just a regular competition when everything is okay, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, this is, um, I think this is only one good positive thing. So you think it's kind of given you an extra sense of maturity now when you compete? 
yeah, definitely. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about what you learned from this experience? Uh, from the Olympic Games, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it just mostly mentally, yeah, because physically, uh, this is <laughs> nothing can I say about this uh, uh, because I was in a good shape and uh, I just. Uh, yeah, after the court process and the waiting time, uh, yeah, uh, I just spent my all emotions. Uh, yeah, and I was empty, and I came to Olympic Stadium, and I didn't feel anything uh, because the athletes supposed to feel something. You can be nervous, adrenaline, like happy, upset. Some some emotion can push you to jump or run faster or to jump far. Uh, yeah, and I didn't feel anything. This is this is was the problem. Um, and now I just really can stay away from everything and I can be focused on uh, um, what is the best, like a tunnel vision, you know, during the competition. This is the best for me uh, because some people were telling me that I have to be um, like mad um, uh, during the competition just uh, to have some emotions to compete or something. But this is not working for me and I found the best way. I just need to be very calm and focused. That's it. This is like the best way for me to show the good result. Of course, the health, this is on the first place. You have to be healthy um, if you want to win. Yeah, but the mental part, uh, I think it's like 50-50. Russian athletes could compete again if they proved to the IAAF that they were clean but they couldn't do it under the Russian flag. In 2017, Daria achieved the best result of her career at the World Championships in London. She came second, but competing as a neutral athlete meant she couldn't drape herself in the flag and do a lap of honor like athletes usually do when they win a medal. I wanted so much to grab the Russian flag and also the run uh, the lap uh, after we finished the final. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I just had to wait. Uh, but the girls, they were so nice, actually, very kind. And we just took some pictures together. Uh, yeah, because it was, uh, it was two Americans uh, on first and the third place. Uh, yeah, and we, uh, we have a good relationship with them, um, especially yeah, with Tiana Bartoletta. We were training with Tiana for three years together at the IMG Academy. So. They all know the situation and they actually um, got a great support about this too because they understand what does this mean. What sort of things were the, um, the American ladies saying to you about it just in terms of showing support? Yeah, um, actually most of the girls, they don't understand what's going on and why this situation is going on long. Uh, the process still like yes going and uh, I remember when I came to European Championships indoor in 2017 and, and I was in a um, just it was probably like black and gray outfit um, yeah not the Russian just the Nike uh, that they made it for us uh, like uh, NAA athletes and the girls said okay what is this uniform I was like yeah we're still under the neutral flag they were like what and the, this is the same girls that were competing like more than 10 years together. <laughs> and it was the same company at the World Championships. Yeah, they just, yes, yeah, they don't know like details, you know, about this. And how did it make you feel to be competing in that black and gray outfit? Were you just able to zone into the athlete inside yourself and say it's like any other meet or did it have quite a large effect on you? 
No, it's not affecting me about the uniform, just in general. Uh, I'm not a part of the Russian team. I'm just a part of the NAA athletes. <laughs> you know, this is, this is just a different feeling inside. I don't care about the out, my outfit. I can compete in any color, even if uh, Russia will say you will, I mean, jump in white or black, whatever. Yeah, if it says Russia, yeah, it's completely different. In 2018, she disappeared from competition. Why? Because she was mentally exhausted. The solution was to take a break, a holiday, away from sports and away from pressure to regroup. Rest was what she was craving. It was too much pressure on the last two years before 18. So actually, I wanted to take a pause after the 16. Um, yeah, because it was too much stress for me. Um, but I, I just knew that I'm in a good shape and I just uh, wanted to show this. Uh, just to me, actually, not to anybody. Um, and I wanted to use this opportunity on the next year, that what I did in 2017. And I was just full of sport uh, and I had to take a break. Uh, I didn't want to come to the track. Uh, um, yeah, and I was just uh, doing some other stuff. I was studying, I was learning English. I was moving, of course. Uh, I wasn't just sitting and doing nothing <laughs> because you have to move. Um, yeah, and then I, I came to back to the track, um, yeah, just with some positive new emotions uh, uh, with a new motivation because it's two years it was two years bef uh, before Olympic Games. First time in my life I had a winter vacation <laughs> because usually we used to train uh, during the winter season of course especially if you have an indoor season if you're competing indoor yeah and it was first time I was <laughs> so happy <laughs> And I was so surprised that you can have a good vacation uh, somewhere in the snow you know. Yeah, it was just nice experience and I think uh, um, just not my body actually, uh, it, it was most, mostly for my head, I just refreshed. And what sort of things were you doing to keep fit in that time? Um, I do Pilates. I like Pilates uh, because also uh, why I started doing this, I had some problems with my lower back. Uh, yeah, and it helped me a lot uh, yeah, to release my all spine, the all muscles on my back. So, and I'm doing this too right now. So since actually 2015, I started doing Pilates. Um, I used to try yoga, but <laughs> yoga not, not for me. I'm not super flexible to, <laughs> to relax during the yoga class. <laughs> yeah, maybe some people will, will understand. Did you miss long jumping? At what stage did you start to think, oh, I really want to get back to long jumping now? Mm, I didn't have a, like a huge desire, uh, but probably um, because I have a goal, I have a target, I need to change my Olympic experience in a positive way. <laughs> this is probably the main pusher for me. Did you learn anything else about yourself taking that time out? Because you didn't have the regimented get up to train at this time. You were just kind of on your own terms. Did you learn anything about yourself? Um, I did just lots of different stuff and um, actually lots of questions uh, to me right now what I'm going to do after my professional career and I had to time to think about this too because this is very important because yeah like I said before the sport life is not uh, for the rest of your life um, 
I probably will compete like for maybe three more years. This is what I have like a, like a plan in my head. Uh, of course, this is depends on my uh, body, how my body feels. Now back and keeping a healthy balance mentally. She's looking forward to the World Championships in Doha and beyond to Tokyo 2020. The return to training though was, well, let's say it was interesting. How does, did the body feel initially when you got back to full-time training? Was it a bit awkward? And did you think it would go as well as it has gone for you? You've won lots of things and come second a few times. Um, it wasn't so easy, actually. Um, yeah, and the body sometimes felt weird. <laughs> yeah, sometimes was probably like in shock. <laughs> like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> it was so nice when you were taking a break. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's why, uh, yeah, I had some problems also during the preparation uh, for this season. Uh, but I actually didn't expect that I jump well from my first competition. Maybe at the beginning of the season, yeah, I could say, yeah, I can jump far. Now, just the main goal actually to stay completely healthy because the next year much more important than this year. And now, um, what can I say about Doha? It's going to be just a great experience of the international competition for me because I didn't compete from 2017 in the big official competitions. Uh, yeah, and I think this is going to be the great and big step before the Olympic Games. Will you feel nervous going into a big elite international meet like that? Um, yeah, but I always feel a little bit nervous, a little bit of adrenaline, but um, I used to do it before. <laughs> and it's the same girls and it just, uh, I'm trying to think now, actually this is after the Olympic Games, uh, about the official competition, this is the celebration, yeah. You're supposed to just to get a positive emotions, you're supposed to enjoy that you actually uh, can be a part of this event, of this big great event, yeah, just enjoy and show uh, what you can do there. And do you think you'll be able to jump seven meters? I hope so. Um, I'm just really worried about my leg. Um, yeah, because I don't want to push if it hurts too much. Uh, yeah, I don't want to make it worse because, like I said, next year is more important. If it hurts too much, I'm not going to push uh, hard. So. Okay, and that kind of answers what I was going to ask you about Tokyo 2020. Um, how realistic is, is it that you think you'll be competing there? In the Tokyo? Yes. First of all, I already have a mark <laughs> for Olympic Games. Uh, this is important part too, uh, because for next year Olympics, uh, all marks are so much higher than it, than it was before. Uh, they just made a different system. Um, yeah, and for example, for last Olympic Games, the mark was six meters seventy-five centimeters. Uh, for the Tokyo, it's eight uh, eighty-two. So uh, I know for some girls uh, it's going to be really difficult to get this mark, but they also have another option. You can compete in some particular competition to get some points to go to Olympic Games. So I don't know how it's going to work. I just don't know details. Uh, I just have a mark and this is just, <laughs> it's just nice to have it, you know. <laughs> yeah, because I, now I know I can train, but hopefully we will get a flag back like completely. Um, and yeah, I just, um, of course, I have to compete in the Russian national. Um, I have to be in the top three. 
Yeah, but now I'm just ready to do it and uh, just need to work hard, yeah, and stay healthy till Tokyo 2020. You just like to shut off from social media and just, if you're at a meet, you just like to concentrate and be at the meet. Yeah, now I, I do my social media, uh, like uh, Instagram, yeah, but now it's a completely different situation, actually, and uh, uh, I can see the difference um, from the people um, just in general, uh, what was happening after 2016, like you said, the traitor and 50-50 was bad comments and other 50 was okay. Uh, but now uh, the situation like turned like uh, 180 degrees and now I have just lots of positive things uh, on my social media and I can see the support from the people. Um, I don't know, maybe this is after, after London or maybe uh, some people just read about this whole situation a little bit deeply. Um, yeah, now they more understand what's really going on. And so in a, in a sense you've kind of taken all the heat yourself and you've kind of made it a bit easier for people coming after you maybe? Yeah, I was just, <laughs> yeah, I was the first person <laughs> who did this, I mean, compete under the neutral flag uh, alone. Um, yeah, now it's lo just uh, lots of people who allowed to do it and uh, yeah, just people can say something bad about this, I think, <laughs> hopefully. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, thank you. It was nice. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. Big, big thanks to Andrew and also to Daria. You can follow Daria on Instagram, Daria Klishina for that. Follow us on Olympic Channel and me, I'm at Eddie Knowles with an I and an E as well. If you missed last week's podcast about differences of sexual development and its impact on athletes, then it's really, really worth a listen. We've had a lot of positive feedback. Thanks again for everyone who's been in touch. Every week, we find the best people to talk about the biggest Olympic talking points to get you inspired and motivated. If you love the Olympics, give us a subscribe right now, wherever you find your podcasts. That is it for now, though. See you very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.